You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. And we are back. This is episode 72 of the Bash Mania podcast, and I am your host, Justin Bash. This Sunday, Nassar Kolchiski retired at Rumble on the Rooftop, and today he joins the show to talk about his career, his retirement, what's next, and so much more. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen. Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, be sure to subscribe to Bash Mania. And if you enjoy this episode, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's Bashamania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do when Bashamania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. All right. We are here with Nassar. Cool. Chisky. <laughs> How are you, man? I'm good. How are you doing? Where did you come up with that Instagram name? It's got to be one of the coolest handles out there. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of people couldn't uh, pronounce my last name, you know, and in Ukraine, it just sounds simple. Cool. Chisky, you know, and we have different letters out there. But then in English, they have to translate those letters. And I feel like they put double Y in the end for no reason. So a lot of people get confused, you know, like, how do you say this last name? I was like, start with cool, just like cool. <laughs> and end with just, that's it. It's not that complicated. <laughs> well, I, lo- I love the way it's written now. I love it. And speaking of the Ukraine, so you were born in the Ukraine. What got you started in wrestling? Um, so... I was seven years old. I had two groups, two sessions in my in my town, town of about 10,000 people or so. And first one was soccer. And honestly, I wanted to be a soccer player, just like every single other kid in yeah. Ukraine, Europe. And uh, I came to soccer practice, and they told me that I'm a little too young. I should come back next year. And then I should check it out wrestling. My dad brought me over. And uh and I kind of, you know, just keep going, just keep wrestling, get my ass whooped a lot. You know, <laughs> I got beat up all the time. I wanted to quit, but my dad just kind of like, it'll be all right. The coach says that you have potential. You should just stick to it. And uh, I stuck to it. So. And how long did it take until you felt like, okay, I'm starting to actually realize I'm pretty good at this thing? Um, I would say uh, my first tournament that I won, I believe maybe four months after I started wrestling, four or five months or so. I felt like uh, getting better and better because I would start beating those kids that I used to lose to all the time. So I would say at that point, as soon as I got that first tournament, I won. It was my second tournament ever. The first time I got my I, uh, uh, I lost pretty bad. And then <laughs> second one, I beat all those kids that I lost to. And, uh, and that feeling of winning. You know, it just kind of got to me, and I was like, "This, this is this is amazing. I want to yeah. feel like this all the time." And it just <laughs> got me into it. I got, I got in love with the process. 
And you did have so much success early on. I mean, you were, what, a five-time cadet national champ over there? Like, what do you think led to all that early success? Um, Todd, I had a, had a good system. My coach was on me. My coach always made me do extra three practices. Which tell me, hey, you have to lift right after. And not a lot of kids have after every single thing. Coach never really told me to do anymore, but it just became a routine, you know, and consistent training that every time I had to lift and I felt stronger than other kids. I wrestled always older kids as well, and I helped because I always got pushed. Is there anything that you look back on? You know, you mentioned wrestling older kids. Everybody's always looking for an edge up on how to get better. Is there something that you look back and say, man, if I would have done this more or something that you can pinpoint and say, this is what people should be doing? Uh, yes. So sometimes there's a big tournaments. And uh, once in a while, I just kind of let like, all right, so this is a little easier bracket. I might cut down to this bracket and win it, find the biggest competition as possible. So what do I would change the competition I can wrestle? It just doesn't matter win or lose, have better top for matches, and it's how you learn for those matches. You know, you learn from yeah. the top competition. And that's what I would be doing if I, you know, if I knew that, I would probably change this for sure. Just and not that you didn't already have so much success, because you did have so much success, even everything you did. So I can only imagine how much more you would have had. Yes, I think I would be got pushed even more you know and i would probably be an even better wrestler than i am today i think it was when you were about 16 years old you migrated to the united states right what was that process like um that was tough so back in ukraine i everything was great i made a my first so there was no world championship in cadets i made my first national uh european championship team right and uh i did pretty good i took third actually ended up losing to ali Haji who's the three-time world champion now. Yep. And I had him really who ended up winning my bracket Olympic champion from Georgia. So I felt those guys are old, one year older. You know, I have one more year to go in the European championships, and then hopefully they go back with Worlds again, you know. So I was in the right track. I wanted to keep pressing. I felt like I was supported by my club out there. Great job. So I didn't want to go to U.S., but my dad kind of think about your future, not just a couple of years from now on. Opportunities. So uh, I trusted my dad. I came with my dad and mom. And, uh, uh, you know, it just, I love that he made me do it, you know, because he was right 100%. <clears throat> and what was that transition right like? So when I got to U.S., uh, I didn't speak any English. I thought that I was speaking English, you know. I thought that <laughs> I would be all right. But the parts here and there, and I feel like I watched some movies. I can understand a little bit. And uh, then I got that, and my first conversation ever, I couldn't understand anything. <laughs> and I just straight up got that breath. I was like, wow, it just hit me. Like, I'm here, I don't speak any English, I can't communicate, I was sad. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. How different was wrestling when you got here? Um, honestly, I feel like <clears throat> I always wrestle like juniors and senior level guys already back in Ukraine. So going to high school and wrestling these guys right here, uh, I felt like it was easy, you know, especially on my feet. I was I was already a good wrestler, you know, wrestled the best guys in the world. So uh, I felt good, felt great. And uh, I, I came in March, so folk style season was over. And I never heard about folk style before in my life. 
So jumped to the freestyle tournaments and uh, I did pretty good. I won every single tournament until Fargo and all the way until the Fargo semifinals. I ended up losing to Andrew Alton in a close match and I ended up taking third place. So uh, it felt good. felt good. When I was doing some research on you, I saw that you didn't compete your senior year because you were considered a professional already. So I'm very curious what happened there. Uh, so, so after that Fargo year, they ranked me second in the country in folk style. And I was very excited about that because I never wrestled folk style before in my life. But there was uh, a lot of noise about Wisconsin, around Wisconsin, who's this guy and why he's ranked so high <laughs> and why he never see him before. Right. You know, things like that. And I was excited. I was I was learning how to get out on bottom, you know. I was have my own little special unique style, just kinda of reach back and like toss, you know, did all that. <laughs> right. And I was just excited to compete, you know. And um but then WIA, Wisconsin Federation just that, hey, I have no more eligibility because I graduated from Ukrainian school already. And uh, there's no way, uh, yeah, there's no way I'd be able to compete, even though I was still 17 years old kid. And uh, and I still take some classes, you know, in high school, but all my credits transfer. There's no more credits left, no eligibility. And sorry, you cannot wrestle. That's what they told me. And uh, it hit me hard because I was really looking forward to it, like, I knew how big is the state tournament here, you know, in Wisconsin, and I was very excited about all of that. And yeah, so I, all I had to do just watch my teammates wrestle, and I would just help them out and didn't support them, and that's about it. And, and that had to give you more of an inch to compete. And then I'm curious what led you to the University of Wisconsin Oshkosh, where you wrestled, which, by the way, it is a D3 program, and I want to hear your perspective too. Did you know the differences between D1 and D3? Did you have a preference on what you wanted to do? Honestly, I didn't know much about a difference. You know, I knew there's university. I know uh, if you graduated university, you know, it's uh, it's very needed in this country, you know, not just like in Ukraine, you know. So I knew that I want to go to university. I want to graduate, you know, and get diploma and uh and I have a bright future after that. You know, it's pretty much what I've been told. It's what I believed in. And uh, I didn't know much difference. And uh, so what happened after Fargo, I had some schools been talking to me in Division One and two and three, you know. And uh, but so after that, I didn't wrestle folk style season. OK. And uh, I was kind of out of scene. And then after folk style season, I would start jumping to freestyle. And I had an old injury my ACL and I completely tore my ACL and one of those freestyle tournaments right after that so I had to do surgery and I was out for about six months and uh and I feel like a lot of schools been stopped talking to me because of that sure you know? and I don't know what on I was just doing my rehab recovery I pretty much didn't wrestle for an entire year you know other than that little tournament that I tore my ACL yeah so so yeah and uh I was out, and uh, the only reason, well, the reason I came to Wisconsin, because uh, one man, his name is Larry Marchianda. Uh, backstory, before, when I was 15, I was trying to email people all over U.S., and he's the only one to, who responded to me and told me that he would love to have me, you know, if I'll ever come over here. So that's why I came there, and then Larry found Mel Dow, who was in Prairie du Chien at the time. That's why I went to Prairie du Chien High School and was there. But then Larry also told me, okay, so here, here's the story, Nazar. You're recovering after your surgery. 
you know, uh, you should come over to University of Wisconsin Oshkosh. They have a great uh, doctor, doctor who was a doctor for Green Bay Packers. And he's going to do your rehab and uh, you're going to go back strong on your feet. And then you do whatever you want to do. You know, what do you decide? I also was looking to go to Colorado Springs and just wrestle freestyle. That was my uh, actually plan in the beginning. But then I kind of changed it up because I actually wanted to graduate college. Sure. And, uh, yeah, so, and I came to Oshkosh and uh, met great people, and they helped me out a lot with school. Uh, they helped me out. You know, I didn't speak much English still, but they helped me out a lot and just been super supportive. And uh, I got healthier, and I ended up wrestling that year, you know, with a big brace and wrestled good my freshman year. I was 12 and all. And uh, I broke my foot right before conference championships, and uh, Dang. and doctors say that I'm out for a year. So, well, I didn't know you broke your just, foot there. So, for what I understand, doctors told me that I was overcompensating on one leg because I use the other leg way more. Sure, you know because I my ACL and I still wrestle with the brace on. I was very careful. And uh, overcompensating, I jump a lot of rope as well and, you know, kind of jump on one leg way more than another. And it's like chronicle thing and up just, you know, slowly kind of something happening. And then I wrestled a tournament and just felt worse and worse every match. And uh, my 12th match, my last match in that year, I wrestled, I believe it was finals or semifinals. I wrestled with a pretty much broken foot. I, I felt it, but nobody knew that. And uh, end up barely winning that match somehow, you know, wrestling with one leg and adrenaline. Thing, <laughs> yeah, adrenaline, absolutely. But the thing is about if I would never wrestle the last match, I would still have one more year of eligibility just because I wrestled that last match and it's twelve wow. matches and it's exactly one third of the season. I wouldn't have, I couldn't take that year back because of that. That's crazy. And, I mean, you did come back strong. You were a three-time NCAA champ. I think you were a two-time wrestler of the year. You did have so much success. Was that your expectation heading into college? Uh, yes. My expectation is to win as many as possible. I yep. would say I didn't know the system. I didn't know the difference between Division One, Division Three. I just wanted to win. You know, I know there's NCAA championships, and it's a big deal, and – uh I just wanted to win. And as soon as I won one time, I have, I have two more years, and I was like, I just keep winning it. You know, I just keep going. Winning it. Because it felt great. And so. what, was, what was your expectation for the senior level after college? Uh, well, I love freestyle. I wrestled freestyle all my life. Yeah. So I'm back to a style that I love the most. And uh, I knew it's going to be hard. But I wrestled only one tournament in freestyle. And when I was in college, and after winning my sophomore year uh, national title, the first national title I won, uh, I kind of wanted to know how am I going to do in freestyle against everybody. So I went to Fila Juniors that year. I was in Madison, only two hours away from Oshkosh. And, uh, and I actually ended up winning that tournament. So I felt great. I felt great. And then it's another reason that, you know, kind of, and I didn't have citizenship yet, so I couldn't go to world championships or even trials, you know, to try for yeah. junior team. How um, impo how important was it to you when you finally got that citizenship to be able to compete for the chance to represent the U.S. in a tournament like the world championships or like the Olympic Games? 
I mean, as it's very important to have the opportunity, you know, to go to trials and just do your best. Everything is fair, you know. It wasn't fair that I never able to wrestle folk style in college, you know, but this is all fair. Now the best guy goes, and you have a yeah. chance, and uh loved it. And uh, to be citizen of the greatest country in the world is uh, is unbelievable. So I love it. I loved it. And, you know, when you start wrestling so young, and you're so good so young, like you have early success, and in, in wrestling is such a tough sport. And then if you don't accomplish a goal like a world champion or like an Olympic champion, do you look back and, and think you would do anything different from maybe I would have tried to peak at a different time or maybe I would have tried to do this and, you know, you had injuries with an ACL, a foot. What do you think of when you look back on the longevity of your career? That's a really good question. It's a really good question. Uh, I would probably, there's a couple of things that I would have done differently probably, you know, and, uh, but that, you know, I'm, I was thinking about it, but I don't really want to talk too much about it. Yeah. I, the thing is, I have regrets. I don't yeah. have regrets. Whatever, I give 100% of effort and soul into it. Yeah. And uh, all those people that, that helped me out and throughout my career, I appreciate them so much, you know, because uh, they helped me out and they made me who I am today. You know, every single coach I had, every single training partner I had, every single supportive people who's, uh, you know, my fiance, my, my friends, they always checking on me and always, uh, send me motivational stuff. They, you know, I, I really appreciate everyone. So I have no regrets. Maybe yeah. I've done something, maybe not, but I know that I did a lot of things right. And, uh, I was going hundred percent, you know, in order to achieve my goals and dreams. And, uh, maybe I came a little short from it, but, at the same time, I accomplished some things that I'm proud of, like made a national team and uh, was uh, made a U.S. Open finals and made a Pan Am finals and, you know, and things like that. Represent Titan Mercury, was a part of World Cup team. Uh, there's a lot of things to be proud of. Won a lot of big international tournaments in place. So, obviously, I'm, a, I'm that kind of guy who looks back and is like, yes, I didn't make a world team or I didn't. Um, I didn't place the worlds and win worlds, but I beat some of those guys who placed the worlds. Yeah, and uh, it's what I heard that I, I I was there. I know I could beat there. It just yeah, and you competition just so big. Uh, and you know it's really hard to have amazing trials and beat everybody. And uh, and I looking up looking up to those guys who do that because it's very impressive. It's uh, it's, it's very impressive to do it in this country. And so, but I have no regrets. I love my career. I met so many amazing people. Uh, I trained with the best people in the world. Uh, Jordan Rose is part of 2017 for an entire summer and helped him to win worlds in 2017. And it was a great experience. It made me a better wrestler and better coach. And so uh, I, I would take anything back. I feel like I could maybe do a little bit things of different, just like you said, if I look back. But I have no regrets. And I felt sure. like I did a lot of things as well. And, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine this morning about you, telling him you were coming to the podcast, and you do have so many great memories in the sport. And I know for him, and for me, it's probably one of my most memorable, is when you helped Tight Mercury in the U.S. win the Clubs Cup in 2016, and you beat Iran in the finals. It was an amazing match. And I'm curious, when you look back, you know, you have so many different medals and and 
you know, memories like training with Burroughs for the Worlds in 2017. What are some of your most memorable moments and matches that you reflect on? So there's a couple of them. Uh, one of them, obviously, was uh, was that World Cup Cup for Titan Mercury. Just Titan Mercury supported me for six years nonstop, and they were amazing at it. Yeah. So just to give back to that club and be that key match, you up, you know, one of those key matches ended up give them the title to be the best club in the world was awesome. And the most fun part about that was it was in Ukraine. It's supposed to be in Iran, but they rescheduled that tournament to Ukraine, to my home country, where there's so many people that know me, was watching and, you know, and followed that tournament. And uh, I ended up beating really tough Russian who rest the foreign team in order for us to win as well. And I was just unbelievable. Like uh, that moment was very special. That moment was very special. And uh, another moment to make my national team in 2018 when I uh, was banged up for an entire year. But, you know, somehow I came back and beat the top guy, you know, to make a national team at the trial 2018. I was losing that match too, and I pull it off and get the takedown in the end, and then scramble in the end, and I get it out of there. I give everything I had, so uh, that was very memorable as well. And um, there's there's a couple of them, but uh, or Dave Schultz even winning uh, winning the tournament 2018 and uh, wrestling the finals against world silver medalist from Russia, and. Uh, pull it off that match and won that match and won Bichol's tournament and be outstanding wrestler in that tournament was amazing. I feel like it was great as well. So yeah. it's been some great. And, and you yeah. know, you mentioned these matches and these moments and I, and I think back to watching these matches and, and watching your career and you've always seemed like you have such a fire burning within you. You always give 100% effort. You're always trying to, you know, you're not taking any shortcuts. You're giving it everything you have. When you're training for matches like this and and you're competing in matches like this, where does that inspiration, where does that motivation come, whether it's in a match, whether it's training with Burroughs, whether it's these athletic challenges I've seen you do, where do you always find that motivation to continue to take it up a notch? Well, I would try to make little challenges for my workout and trying to do different things because a lot of times when you have one routine and you go all the time, same, 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 it just gets old. Yeah. So I kind of always find a new workout. I try to find more fun in my training. And that way it's different and it kind of drives me, you know, and I can do this thing. Because if you keep doing the same thing over again, it gets old. So uh, so I always try to find different things and put in my training. That way it keeps it, you know, it keeps it exciting, I would say. And, uh, and in matches, for example, there's really big matches coming up. I know that I still have a lot to prove because I'm from Division Three. You know, those guys, more more people know them. You know, for example, my first world team trials, I wrestled Derek St. John. He's an NCAA champion. He's a big deal. And I have a lot of, to prove. I have nothing to lose in that match. So I find that a lot of motivation that I got to prove that I can compete with those guys and I can beat that guy, you know, and I'm in that winning those matches. And... You know, it feels amazing. So I just want to keep proving that I'm there. I'm tough, you know. And uh, a lot of times I felt like that, uh, you know, this big social media places didn't really talk much about me because I'm just from a smaller division, from a smaller school. So I had a lot to prove. And I feel like that 
that's, that's what really drove me in all yeah. those years. And, you know, when, when, when you start talking about recently in the retirement, I guess I'll, I'll first go back to the Bill Farrell where I, I was there and I remember watching those wins over Makai Lewis and Tyler Berger. And I'm like, you were you looked dominant. Like, how did you feel leading up to the initial Olympic trials in April? Uh, I felt good. I felt pretty good, especially in New York. I felt great. So yeah. the reason I'm retiring, you know, because my body was, my body's always hurting, you know. Uh, not a lot of people know about that, but in 2018, I had a struggle year, but still make the best year off of it. My neck was messed up. Yeah. Uh, I have nerve, I have bulging disc, and uh, it went into my arm. So, you know, I've always been hurt. And, uh, and then New York tournament, the first time I felt like I'm good again, you know, I'm great. And then I get banged up after that in training, you know. So, like, yeah. the past two years, it's a roller coaster. And I wake up every morning, I have three, four things going on with my body. Either it's neck and hip and knee and shoulder. And I did my track muscle surgery as well, you know. So, I was recovering last year. And so, there's too much going on. But actually, in New York, when you saw me wrestle, I felt decently good, like before 2018, you know. So that's, uh, that's why I had a pretty, pretty decent tournament out there, and I've taken third in such a loaded bracket. Yeah. So, yeah. And then when the when the Olympic trials end up getting canceled and the Olympics are postponed, like what was your initial reaction to all that? My first initial reaction was like, oh wow, like I was. So also we went to Cuba it was my last tournament before that. And I started getting back to that place that I was like, all right, I'm start feeling better. Almost the best I ever felt. Yeah. So I was ready to roll. I was ready to go and everything got postponed. It just cut at a tough. It's really tough. Yeah. So first reaction is like, I was ready to go. I was speaking right time. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. And then it just done. And then I was like, well, now we had to revaluate and see what's going on. So uh, my first thing was like, all right, stay positive, you know, stay positive. Think about like you have more time to get better and keep improving. And uh, other side was like, well, do you want to go one more year or not? And uh, I had that, you know, I had that in my head. And I wasn't sure what I'm going to do. And then I started coaching and uh, started coaching from June 1st and opened my little wrestling club called Kim Nazar Training Center. And uh, and more and more kids showed up, and I just fell in love with coaching. I used to love coach. You know, i very passionate about coaching, but I had a really good group of kids, and just more and more and more started showing up. And, and I was like, wow, that's, that's actually what I want to do. And I was planning on doing that. So it's, it's getting big here in Wisconsin, and uh, I love it. So after months or two, I was like, all right, I think I just transitioned in coaching. And then I got a phone call about that Beat the Street, Chicago. And uh, and I said, yes, it'd be perfect because it's going to be perfect ending to my career. And I just started focusing on coaching 100%. So that's how everything went pretty so much. It, so it was that fast of a transition in your mind and heart where it's like, you know, you were kind of deciding, do I want to go another year or not? And then you open up your, your club not knowing and just like that, what was it about the club and, and coaching the kids that really gave you that excitement and passion for it, do you think? Well, sometimes, 
so I've been wrestling and I've been selfish a lot through my career, you know, just focusing on myself all the yeah. time. I'm, you know, I, you have to if you compete and yeah. trying to be the best in the world. And uh, I just realized that I've been doing it for so long and uh, I have many opportunities to, you know, to make the team and just wrestle in general. And when I started coaching, I realized that wrestling is bigger than just me. You know, I feel like it's, it's so rewarding to see those guys getting better and uh, help them. And there's so many kids that you can help, you know, in the community. And it just felt even more rewarding and more needed that to getting hand raised, you know, from my match than the kids that I'm helping are so happy to improve and get better and reach their goals. So I felt that moment that, you know, I'm just, I love coaching and I love to see those kids win and I love to see those kids improve and see how happy they are and how am I needed in the community. So I realized that it's just bigger than me, you know, yeah. it's bigger than me. And I know you're new to coaching, so I don't know how much thought you've given this, but, you know, as an athlete, as a wrestler, you have so many aspirations and things you want to attain, whether it's a national championship, a world championship, a Pan Am championship, all these different titles and accolades. As a coach, do you have specific, you know, post-competition aspirations for yourself? Yeah, my dream is to, uh, to have a student who's going to win Olympic Games. That's my big goal, and that's uh, why I'm working towards to You know, I try to each kid. I have a lot of great talent, a lot of great kids, and uh, I know that if they're gonna have a right guidance, eventually, you know, one of them. I mean, hopefully, multiple of them are gonna do a great things and senior level and post college. I, I believe in that. So I have a lot of really top talent in here, and uh, you guys. Better pay attention. Those guys are coming for to win title. So my main goal is to make Olympic champion. That's the goal. I love it, man. And you know, you have been somebody who's so easy to root for, and the whole community has enjoyed watching you. What can the community do, if anything, to help support you in this transition to a coach, running your club? Like, is there anything the wrestling community can do? to help you achieve these goals at this point? Um, just be supportive of me, you know, just be supportive of a club, just uh, be supportive of their kids, especially like what I want from parents is to be supportive of their kids, you know, uh, don't be too tough on them. I, I've seen that before, you know, parents be way too tough on the kids and yell too much and stands and stuff like that. And whereas kids don't really have much fun anymore in wrestling. So I want to make sure the way I coach, the way I have parents, you know, of my club, that they let the kids have fun and learn the fun way, you know, and uh, that's main goal. And just be great, be great parents, you know, and be supportive of their kids. And if that's going to happen, because I will be supportive of their kids as well, you know, and that's the main thing. And on top of that, if they want to donate or you want to help me out and in some sort of way, you know, to... Uh, to have uh, more opportunities to go to more tournaments or maybe eventually like go to Dagestan to the camp to train where they have uh, one lifetime opportunity to go and train the best, you know, culture in the world. Eventually I want to do that. So if parents, you know, can help me out, help us out to make that happen, 
at you know things like that so I, that's what i'm looking for is the training center on instagram and social media uh i'm gonna launch the business really soon in here so i'm almost done well i don't really do too much of a business side my fiance she's amazing katie she she does a lot of things i'll just do more of a recruiting you know and uh coaching yep. and do all stuff and little finances but she she helps me a lot so as soon as website is over as soon as we're going to have some cool uh social media highlights and things like that you know we're going to start launching it pretty soon in here so it's called team Nazar training center and uh it's coming up really quick so coming yeah. up really quick and once that gets launched, let me know, and I'll push that out across all of my social. Everybody listening, you know, if you guys go support him, go follow him, and, and be on the lookout for that. And last thing here before I let you go, any last words for me? Any final words for these fans? Ah, uh, yes, absolutely. The first one: if you guys follow my career, I really appreciate and grateful to have you. Thank you very much. Follow my matches. Hopefully, I gave you the right show. You know, the good matches and. Uh, Thank you. Thank you very much about that. And also, if you live in Wisconsin, if you're a kid and you're trying to get better, you're more than welcome to have you and Team Nazar and just be part of something great. We have a lot of great things going on. So come over, check it out, and uh, let's win some titles, win some gold. I love it. Well, listen, man, thank you for taking some time today. I'm excited to start following your coaching career. Thank you as a wrestling fan for everything you've done for the sport. It's been such such fun to watch your matches. And, you know, when the U.S. won the Club's Cup in 2016 over Iran in the finals, that was such a cool moment. And, and your match was so, so critical to that. So you, you definitely have a lasting impact on the sport and in this country. So as a fan, thank you. And I'm sure this won't be the last time. You'll have to come back on and give me a, a Team Nassar training center update shortly. <laughs> Absolutely, will do. Thank you very much for doing your job. You're doing amazing. And uh, keep doing what you're doing as well. Thank you for having me on the show. Awesome. Thanks, man. We'll talk soon. And that is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. If you did enjoy this episode of the podcast, be sure to leave a five-star rating review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on more episodes. For more wrestling content, be sure to follow Bash Mania on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And follow me. I'm at jbash on Instagram and at justinjbash on Twitter. I'll be back with another episode shortly. See ya. And the beat goes on.